1: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the Bird Calls. He is Ali Cosell. I am David Grubb, and we're going to talk about some uh, New Orleans Pelicans basketball. We are finally in training camp. The preseason is getting closer and closer. Ali has been there at training camp from day one on Airline Highway. And Ali, let's get your first impressions from what you've seen so far. What's been... um, the attitude and the atmosphere around this training camp and how is it different uh, from last year?
0: Yeah, there's a lot of similar things, right? Typically, a lot of energy, a lot of smiles, a lot of healthy bodies. And you hear a lot of glowing reports about how everybody else is looking, right? So when you ask a player, what do you think of this guy, that guy, they all say positive things. There's nothing negative right now. But the one thing I do feel might be different is the fact that there seems to be, and I kind of touch on this in the latest article I put up there, is there? there's a sense of a good plan already in place. There's none of this trial and error. I feel like these players came into the summer knowing what they needed to do, largely right, working on their bodies. But then I think as the summer progressed, and once James Borrego was hired, and reportedly he reached out to everybody, I think the only person he didn't get a chance to meet when he first got in town was Larry Nance, who was up in Cleveland. right? I think that's where he spends most of his time. But other than that, he sat down pretty much with everybody. He even sat through video with certain players. So I think a lot of these players came in the camp already knowing what they should be looking for and what's kind of a new offense. Now, Valanchunas told us that, David, it's still largely the same type of offense. They're really only adding to it. But then there's other players who made it seem like this is going to be a lot different, right? So I'm kind of curious to see how it's going to look different. Because as, you know, I think as we all have heard from Media Day, Brandon Ingram is going to have the ball a lot. That's going to be a given, even now with Zion back in the lineup. I think we're also going to see a lot more three-pointers being taken, even though there's not going to be Trey Murphy for, what, until probably start of December. They're going to be trying to shoot those catch-and-shoot threes, but especially, David, you're going to be happy about this. I'm hearing they're going to try and shoot a lot more corner threes. That's something that I know you've always pled for. And it hasn't happened last year. I think they finished in the bottom five in attempts from the corner. So that number's got to go up. So it seems like, honestly, what I'm hearing is that Barrego's influence is being allowed, right, to permeate through this offense. And right now, that's what they're running through. They're trying to figure out, get that chemistry down. Because remember, these starters, even though it's supposed to be the typical starting lineup, they spent 113 minutes together on the floor last year. So they even told us that chemistry is a work in progress, too.
1: Yeah, because really the last time we got to fully see the point Zion offense for long stretches was not even last year. You'd have to go all the way back to while he was fully healthy, understand Van Gundy to really see that. And I think that that dynamic of incorporating some of those things, those things that Zion showed that he's able to do within what Borrego's framework is, which is much more motion-based, and much more uh, passing-based, is going to be interesting because I think you have to allow those moments, certainly for Zion, to operate. And I think they will manufacture some of those, especially in transition. But in the half court, yeah, I think it is important that Zion is not at the top of the key as much in the half court sets, especially later in the clock. Uh, I mean, uh, early in the clock as they try to get other guys established. So I think that will have a positive impact on Zion, Overall, they won't be, teams won't be able to find him in one spot as much as they did, I think, in the past.
0: You remember how teams towards the end of before he got hurt started loading up on him, right? Because it's easy. When Zion's got the ball 25 feet or further from the basket, you're going to be able to put two to three guys in between him and the rim. And that's what he found. So getting him off the ball, and, and that seems to be probably the one of the top three things I've kind of heard in training camp. Getting him off the ball and also playing a lot of small ball center is going to help keep this offense open and flowing, right? There were a lot of lulls last year, and especially if one of the stars either got injured or was sitting. I think Brago's offense is designed to empower everybody. Um, That's what CJ, that was probably the biggest point he was trying to make in yesterday's interview with the media, and the fact that you know we can help this offense by making sure everybody feels empowered. So think back to last season, JV, where was his touches sometimes that for a full quarter he wouldn't get one or you know when Trey was healthy he also got what one or two shots a quarter when he played predominantly most of those minutes so that's music to my ears because Herb Jones says look the biggest things that they're having us work on these first two days is really simple stuff it's running it's passing and and it's all these things that Willie Green kind of said with his 0.5 system when he arrived a couple years ago but it seems like it didn't really take hold, right? It just, you know, the pace has never been high. That style of play wasn't evident in a lot of games. They're now just trying to really make sure they're not stagnant. So hopefully this time, you know, those concepts will take hold.
1: Having the commitment to movement and passing has to be there for a Pelicans team that is, quite frankly, undersized when compared to the rest of the league. And as you said, with this new commitment um, to playing Zion Williamson a little bit more at the five, Um yeah, you're going to have to be more creative on offense because that means that you can't post him up traditionally. And we know Zion already struggles as far as getting his shot blocked, um, not as in his overall efficiency, but he does get his shot blocked more than most people. So, yeah, I think that th- that their approach had to change offensively and getting a more, I guess, egalitarian approach where everyone gets some touches, It's we've seen the benefits of that. When we saw it in Sacramento, we saw it from Memphis – We've seen, of course, that's Golden State's basic principle is that everybody is going to touch the ball in, in a spot where they're comfortable. So I think this can only benefit a Pelicans team that's comprised of a lot of guys in a similar mold offensively.
0: Right, absolutely. And it, it just makes sense to play this way. Think about it, You've got three players that are capable of going off for at least 20 points every night. And when Trey gets back in the fold, it's going to be four. So the best way to do that is don't, predominantly have the ball in one guy's hands, right? Don't play that old style of basketball where you're literally, there's the point guard. We're running a play for that guy who's running off two screens off the baseline or something. No, no, the NBA's changed a lot since then, obviously, but the Pelicans haven't always right incorporated and stayed with the most modern concepts. So I'm loving what I'm hearing, for instance, when it's not just you're gonna play small, right? With either Herb or Zion. And a lot of times, let's face it, Larry's gonna be still at the five, but also I'm hearing there's gonna be a lot of backdoor cuts A lot of uh, inverted screens, right, to where now the guards are setting screens for their bigs. Kind of like the way you've got to think about the Golden State Warriors, the way they play. It's not just that you got to chase Curry off screens. you got to worry about him setting a pick on somebody, and suddenly that man is getting an open layup. So, like I said, that's exciting me because CJ, B.I., Zion, they're capable of pretty much anything they want on the court. I don't know how much we're going to get to see Zion shoot. Word is he's going to really try and shoot the ball a lot more. And he says he's got confidence to let it go. I mean, you remember, David, he said, why should I settle for any kind of jumper when I can get to the rim, right, with that high efficiency? Well, now, from what I'm hearing is, he's literally going to try and force himself, but he's got the confidence to do so. to where I don't have to attack the rim every time. I want to pull up. But to go back to my main point, though, when you've got that dynamic of those three guys and you don't know who's going to have the ball, who's going to be setting uh, a screen or a cut, suddenly... I don't know how opposing defenses are going to be able to slow that down because you ha- you really have to have what three All NBA type of defensive players to be able to stick with a group like that, and then, of course if you got shooters just sitting there in the corners, I think this Pelicans offense, but from what it sounds, right, we're not there yet at all. We got to see it, but I think it's got a real legitimate chance of finishing what maybe in the
1: top ten. Hopefully, I mean, you know, based on Borrego's past, we've seen him transform offenses pretty quickly um, and and get good results. And the Pelicans certainly have offensive talent. We know they have offensive talent. It's just execution has been the issue and continuity, having the guys be on the court long enough Um, for CJ. One of the big things that he's been talking about is accountability. And CJ, since he came in has had to be the senior voice in the room, the adult, as we like to call it uh, in the locker room. How does he see his role now in not, Obviously, it's not his third full season, but his third season now and his second training camp with the Pelicans. His role has to, has to be transforming from when he first arrived.
0: Yeah, so he's still, I think, the number one thing for him is exuding that leadership. And I think a big part of that went into why he was here in New Orleans almost the entire summer. Once he got done with his rehab, how much work he was putting at the gym. You know, when he was involved with the CBA and um, any kind of meetings because of, being president of the players union. He was here in town working hard and I'll tell you what I've never seen him in this go to shape. I know I might be a little bit biased but staying nixon for the last 2 years I've never like i seen such definition in his arms and stuff like that. And then I was watching him shooting david. It looked so effortless. It looked like he was in you know peak I don't know what his peak is right when he's he plays his best months but anyways he just looked like he was at the top of his game now and that's rare usually don't see guys in that kind of fluidity, showing that kind of fluidity with their shots in training camp. So he obviously wanted to set a standard and keep that standard going. He came in talking about you got to do things right. Well, he has so far shown that he's going to be doing that every step of the way. And I think he's ready for maybe somebody to join him up top, right? I've been hearing Zion wants to be more vocal, become more of a leader. I think this locker room looks at BI as being the leader, but he's still quiet, but you still need somebody, I think, to emerge, right? From because it's always easier day when you're one of your best players is the leader. So CJ said, you know, I'm malleable, whether it's on offense, defense, what the team needs for me, what Coach Green needs from me. So when it's time for him to step aside, or even when that's let's just talk about on court, when when they're when you've got your guys out there and they're rolling, he's more than willing to stay in the corner. So I think for CJ, it's just gonna be honestly what he sees going on around him, right? Are these guys taking the bull, butt, you know, grabbing the bull by the horns? Or do I still need to basically kind of carry, right, show more of what I can do because the other guys aren't ready to step in those shoes yet?
1: Yeah, then um, certainly if the offense is going to go through him, if, it's, if he's going to be the primary initiator when he's out on the floor, um, that means that, again, there's a greater responsibility for him. This is a reaffirming almost – of the thing that happened a year ago well the franchise making sure that they put him in the forefront and said, we're giving you the opportunity to lead this team for BI who's coming off a rough uh, world uh, championship experience, a female world cup experience um, and didn't get to spend the summer at home uh, with, with, with the guys at the facility, as much as, as other players did, how is his mentality coming in and are we seeing the type of, commitment to both ends, because ultimately he's got to become a a, a very good two-way player in order to, to be one of the best wings in this league.
0: Yeah, so even though I'm hearing a lot of good things, he might be the biggest question mark in my mind, David. Is he going to have any kind of hangover? I'm not sure. He's been quieter than usual. In the past, he's always been kind of a soft-spoken guy, right, with the media and such, but on media day, could barely hear him, and he's in front of a microphone. Same thing during the interview, um, first day of training camp, where he stood next to Zion. It seemed like both of those guys weren't all that interested in talking to the media, especially Zion, but even for B.I., who I feel like has kind of grown up since he's arrived here in New Orleans to where he kind of is that leader, right? He doesn't mind being a microphone, and he answers things thoroughly, thoughtfully, and he also exudes confidence. I can't say I've seen quite that same amount of confidence from him. We've had very limited right times talking to him. And the coaches are saying the right thing. Look, he's going to be leading our offense most possessions, it seems like, as the primary initiator. But until we see him on the court, like I said, I'm going to have a little bit of doubt because he's always a rhythm guy, right? So what kind of mindset is he in? Does he feel comfortable? I don't know because that honestly is going to dictate how Brandon performs out there, as we all know.
1: That question, uh, you know, I thought it was a revealing question when he was asked about the extension. Um, and I just want to hit on that shortly because I don't want to go too deep into it because it's people's business but um I thought it was just an interesting response for him to focus on the dollar amount in this league you know if you're an elite player you're going to get paid a, a tremendous amount of money you know we've seen the contracts of guys like Jalen Brown and and, and stuff so are getting and and even the young players we just saw what uh vassal from San Antonio gotten certainly that is now the benchmark for what Trey Murphy is going to be looking for when his extension comes around But for B.I., that money is a lot based on his career numbers. I was a little surprised that his response was about the cash, more so than, man, if we win. Like, again, I don't want to judge it too heavily, but I was just surprised because of the guy that we have seen um, in press conferences the last couple of months, uh, years. has been more about that kind of winning thing, that, that if we win, if we do what we're supposed to do, everything will take care of itself. And I was just a little surprised coming back from his ex- that overseas experience, knowing what the pressure is for this team this year, that the focus, the statement was not about basketball. It was more about, hey, the money's great out there.
0: Yeah, the vibe I got, honestly, he was kind of more joking, right? Because he had a big grin, big smile when he said it. But you're right. He's usually a guy that's more reserved, and he's not going to put himself out there talking about something like this. Right. So this surprise us a little bit. And so you're right to bring it up. Uh, and again, that kind of goes to show my point of I'm not sure exactly if he's 110 percent right, mentally ready to start the season on this day. Um, so, yeah, you got to know if you're I mean, Brandon, if you win an all NBA award, you're going to be uh Potentially looking at what thirty percent of getting uh, the the of the salary cap on on your next extension, which would approximate right with what you just said, Jalen Brown, who's what got a signed extension for three hundred or so million dollars. So yeah, if he makes an all NBA team, he's going to be looking at that potentially that big money if the Pelicans offer it. But if he doesn't right, then then it's going to be a little bit less. It's still going to be a lot of money. So I'm not sure what the distinction is there for them to say. I want the big, big money because it's already, you know, almost anybody that looks at it from any, almost any view, any lens, he's already making a lot of money, right? So whether it's 25% of the cap or 30 to the regular fan, it all looks kind of the same.
1: Right. And and the winning is the only thing that's going to get him the all NBA stuff. That's the separation for him, for Zion, for CJ. It's If you want awards, you got to win. It's the thing that's cost Herb Jones Defend all defensive team nods is that the Pelicans are not a winning team. And, and I think that, that, you know, now that that also that burden falls on Zion Williamson, and I think you took note of his approach and his attitude on Media Day. I think we still see some smiles from Zion, but there also seems to be some some edge. And, and quite frankly, I'm looking forward to a more a Zion with a little more edge, a little darker, you know, a, a Zion, a little less. A jovial and happy guy in, in year five. I did too. I don't mind it when say it's a relaxed
0: environment, but right now during even during a relaxed environment like Media Day, he had that stern, ultra-focused face giving you maybe maximum two sentences, reminding you of how Lonzo Ball used to answer questions here, right? Just kept everything to a minimum. That's not really Zion's personality in my mind. So he's obviously made an effort right to be a little bit different now i'm not sure behind the scenes because from what i've heard he's kind of still more that softer jovial guy like in scrimmages and practices smiling a lot more but no not with media so it makes you wonder david does it go back to he's just tired of all the noise that he heard since you know pulling that hamstring and everything that happened in between just saying i'm fed up with this i'm i don't want to talk to media now for a while or maybe ever Maybe I will never open up to them. I don't know. Does it mean that or does it really mean more so, like you just kind of mentioned, like I'm hoping so. It's this new focus on, okay, I got a, I got a big task at hand. I have never once gotten through a full season. I have never played in the playoffs. If I think of myself as falling in the footsteps of Michael Jordan, it's high time I start going and getting into gear. So I'm hoping it's that side more so than anything.
1: I think that the group that I'm most excited about I'm um, seeing in the preseason is the is the second unit because we know pretty much the capabilities of the starters uh, on this team. Um, no matter who they are, whether it's Herb, Jv, Zion, Bi, CJ, that group we understand who they are. Trey, fine, um, but the Kyra's, the Dyson, um, Naji this year, his role is going to have to be. You know, I think it's in this offense, his role is expected to probably be bigger than it was. Um, and, 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 and especially the guys like a Cody Zeller, who, who you just, you know, you talked about recently um, and, and maybe, you know, in our group chat about things that he can do. Like there's, you, you, how this bench unit is going to, in a lot of ways, and it has defined what the Pelicans have been able to do because the starters have missed so much this year. I think, they have an opportunity to have a bench that they can trust for the most part. I don't know how great it's going to be because of the things that are missing, but I think you can. This is a group that potentially for the first time in a while, you could have a lot of trust in that second unit.
0: The bench was awesome last year and it coincided with Zion. Right. That's why the team was sitting at first towards the end of December, because it wasn't just Z, you know, playing like an MVP. It was Larry Nance being fully 100% healthy and doing the things that he does best. And it and these things show, like in on-off numbers, and usually you're not that big into them, but it was a big disparity. Same thing with Jose Alvarado. He was at his best for the first two and a half months or so too, but then these guys, and it wasn't just the Stars that fell off a clip or got injured, it was also them. They wore down, or they just didn't play better. Maybe they got, you know, a little discouraged by the fall down the standings, right? So any number of things, but I think they showed us last year that at least, you know, going maybe three four deep, it's a good bench. But now to your point, I think you even have to be more excited now. I think Dyson Daniels almost played in the fog last year, right? We didn't see nearly close to the best zone. He lost his confidence early, and offensively, he wasn't the same after probably missing those free throws against the Lakers in, what, the fifth game of the year. I can't remember what it was Exactly. Tyra Lewis barely got enough run, but I think he showed us in those glimpses of what was it? 300 minutes. He played total that he's ready for a bigger step forward. And both of these guys, they've been shining uh, according to David Griffin, according to the coaches. And I'll tell you what, I'm excited to hear Dyson. I got to bring this up. Dyson said he overhauled his shot after summer league. Remember there was a lot going into that summer league. We're going to showcase Dyson. He worked on his shot leading into this. And I think maybe he made one, three out of like 20 some odd attempts. So, he scrapped that. He said he opted for something that's a lot softer of a shot. He described kind of the mechanics. And I I really want to sit down with Fred Vinson. Hopefully we can maybe even talk to him one-on-one about this. But I think Dyson says, look, I've now gotten this newfound confidence in this shot. So either way, he says, I don't care if I make five mistakes. His mentality is, I'm going to keep doing what I do best. That's drive, right? Look for my floater, try and make plays for teammates. So when you hear... Stuff like that from guys that are a little bit further down the bench. Well, suddenly I think the Pelicans are going to be a better team for it. You're going to be able to absorb the injuries better, but more so, you're going to be able to get this production from. I think that's always been missing, right? We've always said this, David. Trey Murphy's your three-point, but three-point shooter, but also your score off the bench. Who else is there that they can rely on? I'm hoping that one of these two guys, maybe Naji, somebody else emerges, because I think the opportunity is there. And it sounds like they worked on the right things this summer.
1: Yeah, I think that they fit and complement each other well offensively, and even more so defensively, because I think every member of that group on the bench is capable of pressuring the ball, is capable of playing passing lanes, and can run and 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 finish in transition. Whether you're talking about Kyra we're leading a fast break, Dyson certainly we saw him finish much better and more physically during summer league. We know Naji if you get him in in a. Uh, transition situation he thrives in those types of situations so I mean and and with Larry and with EJ even with EJ Liddell if you're getting him spotting up for 15 footers in transition off of you know the secondary break or finishing at the rim and those types of things I just think they, they, they are a complementary set they are height disadvantaged as this team is as a whole but I think for spurts together as a unit if you have to play your whole bench together as a unit I think they can be destructive on both ends
0: I can. I'm glad you mentioned that last point, the height disadvantage. It's going to be real, even like you mentioned with the starting lineup. The big, I already said one of the priorities about how the offense wants to play. The other one is undoubtedly controlling the glass. Now, if you look at the overall numbers, the Pelicans were kind of an average rebounding team. When they were largely whole, they were above average. But, David, that doesn't excuse some of the absences we saw. Like I remember early in season, Utah, how they dominated the boards. OKC, especially in that play-in game. It's the reason why the Pelicans went home, gave up 25 second chance points or something along those lines. So they've been emphasizing that first two days. Willie Green's been telling the guys. The guys have been been reflecting it back to us. So obviously you can't be ball watching, right? I mean, there's guys on this team that are habitually known for doing it. I mean, we know them, right? Brandon Ingram, um, even Zion Williamson. These guys are going to have to become much better, much more aggressive chasing down rebounds. So it's not just boxing out, not just – covering kind of the area, the space you in. But go pursue the basketball. I mean, I think that's the biggest reason why I miss Josh Hart. Who is our Josh Hart on this basketball team, right? Larry Nance isn't a good rebounder. Herb Jones already does a lot of things, but rebounding's not a strength. It might be Dyson Daniels, honestly, but you need more than Dyson, right? Because who knows how many minutes Dyson's getting a night.
1: Yeah, uh, all of these guys have to be able to get rebounds because they're all capable of pushing the ball when they have to. And if that if you're going to play small and all those guys can do those things, then every one of them has to be willing to crash the boards. And like you said, particularly Zion, if he's going to be playing center minutes, he has to rebound defensively. Offensively, we know he can get his own miss and he can do those things, but he's got to he's got to end possessions for the Pelicans defensively um, with rebounds. He and Brandon both, because those two guys have to be able to start and initiate uh, transition opportunities for everybody else. Because CJ's that's not his forte. CJ taking that ball in that situation, that's, he should be out in the wing, spotting up, getting ready for that jumper. But it's got to be guys like yeah, B.I., Nance, um, uh, Zion. They've got to catch it, turn, and either throw it up court, which is what Dyson does so well, um, and advances it quickly, or push it with the, with, with the dribble. And there are a few guys who were capable of doing that, certainly.
0: They've got to have a few guys emerge. And look, CJ is actually a better rebounder than most, I think, give him credit for. He reminds me a little bit of Steph Curry. I think he's huge for Golden State's rebounding. I think he And I've seen CJ have some of those games in a New Orleans uniform where he's done the same. But you can't rely on CJ and JV. You got to have some of these six foot six to six foot eight wings, you know, basically dominating the glass, like an OKC Thunder, right? It's not that, you know, the teams that are good at rebounding are overly big. That's usually not the case in the NBA. It's just heart. It's about executing and getting guys right to swarm the boards. How many times I've seen, you know, ball goes up, and it's if you don't have JV under there, you're praying, right? Because Larry Nance is usually trying to box out. So suddenly, who's grabbing that ball? Hasn't been enough Pelicans hands. Hopefully, that'll change.
1: A big thing this weekend: open uh, practice on Sunday at the Smoothie King Center. Uh, the fans' first opportunity to see the guys. Uh, running up and down the court. Um, last year was a little bit of a disappointment for fans. Ali, uh, are you expecting yeah. a better, a bigger and better uh, open
0: practice this year? You know, last year we were disappointed for one reason alone. They didn't scrimmage. For as long as we've been coming to these events, David, they've always had some kind of scrimmage. And that gives you a good glimpse, right? At, at, and it's more fun and just in general, but you get to see real basketball, kind of. Instead, last year was just a lot of what you know. They they did some weaves. They they basically just run ran drills, All right?
1: Games like for the fans, like giveaways. Yeah. yeah. So it kind of left you know
0: a little bit sour taste on my tongue, and I'm sure I wasn't alone. So I'm hoping right that they go back to scrimmaging, doing a little bit more this time. Because hey, the reason you're having this is for the fans and building up excitement. I don't think last year is kind of the way to do those
1: things. <laughs> You try to get folks in New Orleans out on a Sunday when the Saints are playing on Sunday, and no, it's not at the same time. But if you want me to leave my house and go to the Smoothie King Center to see the basketball team, I want to see some basketball. Like I want just—I don't want to just see them in their uniforms. I don't want to see Dave. I don't. want I didn't come, and this is not an insult to anybody. I didn't come. None of those fans came to hear David Griffin speak. They didn't come to hear Swin Cash. They came to see. Those guys run up and down the court and get their first estimation of how healthy this team is, what kind of offense they think that they're going to see, and they want to be excited. And you can't do that with speeches and with giveaways. They need to see some basketball.
0: Yeah, and Dyson Daniels eating a bunch of hot dogs, remember?
1: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, we don't don't need that. We don't need it. We don't don't, need the karaoke. I mean, it's fine and it's fun and all that, but the main thing people come to see is they want to see some basketball. And I I, I mean, that's what I want to see. I want to see some basketball. And of course, everybody wants to see how Zion looks jumping and dunking. That's what they want to see, too. Um, Ollie, we're going to be obviously getting into the preseason next week, but um, I'm just excited basketball's back. And and, um, I'm really intrigued because this season um, is going to have a lot of storylines. It's going to have a lot of consequence. And um, you and I will be there every step of the way.
0: Absolutely. Look, the talent's there. It's been there for a couple of years, but it hasn't come together. Now I feel like the voices were heard, right, from the players to their exit interviews telling management what they wanted to see different, to management going out and executing and fixing a lot of weak areas. I hope it translates, David. I hope it keeps the players healthy. I hope it keeps them playing winning basketball because something has to change with this. I just feel like the talent's too good inside those doors for them not to finish as a top six team in the West
1: has to happen this year it has everybody i think in that building knows that it has to happen this year in one way or another not a championship look we're not nobody's unreasonable here mm. but reasonable ex- progress at this point means you are not waiting to the last week of the season to find out if you're going to make the playoffs or not you, th- th- that is not acceptable this season for the pelicans
0: no and you don't want to see the playing tournament let's avoid it right
1: <laughs> please for all intents and purposes let's avoid that Ali thank you so much it's always a pleasure to get to talk to you enjoy practice today and um, I will see you soon of course until the next time I'm David Grubb he's Ali Costell. check us out at birdrights.com make sure you subscribe to the Bird Calls podcast whether you're listening to it or watching it on YouTube and subscribe to the Hardened Paint channel as well until the next time in the words of our good friend Ellis let's go Pel.